0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: We got the Clippers in town. And to talk about the Clippers, Law Murray, one of the best Clippers beat reporters out there. You can catch him in The Athletic, and it's good to have you on here, Law. Thank you for joining us, Damon and Ratto. It is a pleasure to have you on today. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you all for the weather up here because you'll, you'll get – you usually don't go to Northern California for better weather in Southern California, but that's what we got.
1: Well, look, it was snowing a week ago, right? So uh, I'm glad you timed it as well as the NBA schedule would allow. Uh, before we get into anything, are the Clippers happy today that they have signed Russell Westbrook since starting him? They've gone 0-3.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Clippers going 0-3 or Russell Westbrook is part adjustment period that hasn't obviously gone well, but it's also some bad luck there. Uh, Friday night, the Kings come to LA, and the Clippers had a 14-point lead four minutes ago against a team that played in another city the night before. All you gotta do is get a couple more stops, maybe a couple more scores. That's a completely different narrative, right? They don't do it. They blow it. They don't hold on to leads in overtime or double
1: overtime, lose that game. Yeah, Uh, they definitely made it a little harder on themselves than they needed to. The reception on Law's cell phone right now with some of the uh, crowd noise behind him as he's walking to Chase Center is making this a little harder than it needs to be. So we'll see how long it takes for him to get to where he's going, and then we'll, we'll sort of restart this. Ray, if it doesn't sound good, we can't use it. On that note turn your microphone on you glorious SOB you. I haven't
3: had to say anything yet so it wasn't a failure. It, it wasn't a failure on your part. No, it was a failure on a the noise the around job. him. In fact, I believe that the show's better when my microphone is off. So how were uh,
1: so you did miss me?
3: Mm, I don't know if I miss anybody. I was I was burdened by Lucas and Grandy. So just, just the pause that you put on that it's I want, I wanted to give it you. all the thought it required, but um, no. I'm. It was interesting what law did say that you know. A, it's too early to judge the Russell Westbrook thing, but that hasn't prevented people from judging it. Oh no, because all they know is it had to be his fault that they lost a game with 351 points in it. That was, kind and of- it had to be his fault that they lost a game in overtime to the best team
1: in the conference. At their own building. Having said this, when you start looking at his plus minuses in those games, an argument might be made. But again, there is a bias covering him. There is no doubt. Some of it founded. Some of it unfounded. We go back to Law Murray again, who covers the Clippers. Thank you very much, Law. We just had to to get you in a better spot. Hopefully we got you there now.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I'm literally right on the bay here, so trying to trying to walk to the arena and everything. No nope, so, no problem. Uh, thanks for holding with me.
1: No problem at all. Uh are we gonna be looking at Zoobots tonight?
2: That's a real concern. Uh he was a game day downgrade to questionable and you never want to see those. Uh he was downgraded along with Marcus Morris Senior. and the thing with Zub is he's coming back from an injury that could have been more serious uh, than the team let on two weeks ago. Uh, he returned Tuesday night, played well, talked to me after and said that, he, you know, they they dodged a bullet there um, in Phoenix. But I think that it's a matter of pain tolerance, probably, um, being cautious. So I'm not sure we'll see if it's a Zubats. Typically, he's not the best matchup for the Warriors anyway, um, but we gotta see. I think the bigger concern is Marcus because a left elbow contusion on a, a non-shooting arm, that's normally not something that holds you out, but Marcus has been struggling. Um, and so maybe this is their way of saying, let's go another route and see what that looks like. And there's a lot to be determined pre-game for the Clippers in this matchup tonight in Golden State.
3: Uh, Westbrook aside, how do the Clippers look Stylistically, since the trade deadline, um, I mean, just as a, as a rule, are they playing differently? I mean, sure the the game the game against Sacramento throws everything off, but are they playing faster now? Are they trying to get a better pace?
2: They're absolutely playing faster, and that's not. I'm not sure how great that is because, and we're going to see it tonight in Golden State. I don't know if them playing faster always benefits them. They're they got older after the trade deadline, okay? They were already among the oldest teams in the league, if not the oldest team in the league. And so when you play with pace, everyone's like, let's play faster, let's play faster. And you usually hear that in the beginning of the season before those legs set in as the season goes along. Well, they played faster, and I even saw it before we saw Russell Westbrook, right? Because the Warriors were in L.A. for Valentine's Day. And that was a game where... Three days off, no travel. The Warriors had played twice since the last time the Clippers had played. The Clippers should have blew the Warriors out. But the Warriors are already a fast-paced team. And even though the Warriors' defense was absolutely crap that game, you just saw Jordan Poole say, okay, I know we gave up this bucket look, but 10 seconds later, let's get it right back, you know? It was like Steve Kerr was in seven seconds or less with the Suns all over again. And so while the Clippers are playing faster, and while that achieves some ideals of, you know, high point totals and get some easy baskets, I don't think it's helping their defense because they're just getting blown by it. Their transition defense is terrible, and that's when they protect the ball, something that they haven't done two of the three games with Russ.
1: Law Murray, he covers the Clippers. There's no doubt. The Warriors can score with anyone. Playing defense seems to be a nightly choice they sometimes do or do not make. What is the one thing the Clippers, in your mind, do at an elite of a level as the NBA offers, and what is their biggest incomplete?
2: complete? The, the best thing that the Clippers do is they can get their spots with their stars, especially in the mid-range, and it's something that in the, today's NBA, you got to be able to match up with that. And just the firepower in areas of the floor that defenses don't account for anymore is... It's just difficult. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, when they're on, they can can smoke you. Uh, That's been the recent strength. Uh, If you asked me this question like two, three months ago, I would have said their ability to defend without fouling and to just get you completely off rhythm, and that ironically has become their biggest incomplete. Where is the defense? Where is the ability to defend with urgency and to also be on the same page consistently. And that was something that was an issue before they added three new rotation players. And now you're trying to see if those rotation players are up to it. You're also trying to see if the star players, if the role players who've been there for two and three years, can get back to defending with the necessary ability to blow teams out when you're scoring and to at the save games when you're not necessarily scoring a lot.
3: Uh, above and beyond the the injury questions, is there going to be any load management before the game tomorrow night in Sacramento? Or are the Clippers looking at the the final 20 games of the season, 20, or 18 games for them, as though every game is a must game unless you absolutely can't go?
2: I think that, and, and this is a tough question, that I know that the Warriors fans have heard this before, I think the ideal is both. You're trying to win every game. You got to sit guys and roll, you know, your B team out there. Herm Edwards, you know, (laughs) you play to win the game. And so I don't expect Kawhi Leonard to play Friday night in Sacramento. And the reason for that is you're trying to get the most out of guys when they do play. And... I would be surprised if they go against what has been a plan that has been in place, no matter what the record of the team has been. And I know that's something Steve Kerr has said often this year about his guys. I mean, they've been even more extreme. And this year, at least, they don't even have a guy coming off the torn ACL like they did last year in Clay Thompson. So, I mean, every game is necessary. You need to win them all. If Kawhi plays tomorrow, then that's a good sign because I saw Clay Thompson finally play on a back-to-back, but it took him a year to do that, right? It's just going to be the same principle, like protect the player. And if the player, if the medical staff feels like, okay, Kawhi can go, because I know Kawhi would want to play. I just don't know if the team would let him. I do know that the team needs to win every game that they can possibly win. So it's a tough correlation to apply it to. We're not playing you or we are playing you because of our record.
1: Law Murray covers the Clippers. Joining us here on Damon and Ratto, you brought up Clay Thompson. You know, like he sees Oklahoma City Thunder jerseys, and Game Six Clay could emerge at any time. He sees Clippers jerseys, and a, a night of struggling could be around the corner for Clay Thompson. They've guarded him as well as anybody throughout his career. Why is that? Any rhyme or reason to why they are a tough matchup for Clay Thompson?
2: I think it comes down to respect and just knowing your personnel. Uh, what does Clay Thompson do extremely well? He gets that shot off and he loves the mid range, right? Yep. So, Clay is not a player who's going to, at least efficiently, drive to the rack all the time. He doesn't draw a lot of fouls. Clay's not the most interested in passing the basketball. And so, the Clippers have the personnel to guard him, they have the awareness of not letting Clay get free. And we're going to see how well that holds up, because if there's one thing the Clippers have done a poor job of, it's point of attack defense where they get beat by one guy, another guy's got to rotate, and all of a sudden the guy that you knew that if you ever wanted to stay solid that you know not to help off of, all of a sudden you're out of position to defend a three-pointer. You better not let that guy be Clay because we know Clay Thompson is capable of 20-point quarters. So... That's really what it comes down to. T Lou knows this team. He's been in the finals with a lot of guys on this team. I know a lot of those dudes aren't still playing uh, tonight. It's not like you're gonna see Seth, for example, but Clay Thompson, they know what to do. They got big wings. They when the Clippers defense is at their best, they force you off of your spot. Uh, and that's what makes Clay relatively uncomfortable.
3: Is this a team that Ty Lu is comfortable coaching right now? And if not, because of the changes, how long do you think it will take before he is either comfortable with them or has to change what they do?
2: I think, Clay, uh, well, I think with T. Lou, he wants an evaluation period because they brought in so many new guys. That evaluation period includes tonight. It'll include Friday night in Sacramento. And I believe that it'll also include Sunday night when they return home to host the Memphis Grizzlies, their first meeting of the season with that team. And after that, the Clippers have a ton of rest days, a ton of time where you can practice, you're not traveling, you have two and three days off between games, which is, you know, kinda of ridiculous, but it's also a result of the front loaded schedule that the NBA gave the Clippers. So I think after this weekend, T Lou is going to have all the information that he needs to utilize his best guys and not play any Tinkering games going forward. Um, I do think that he has struggled this season making sure to not put lineups on the floor that have no business being out on the floor, like Eric Gordon in for the center, for instance, with the rest of the starters. I mean, that has basically turned into a landline for guys like Bonus and Rudy Gobert. So I think he has all the pieces that he would want. And that has not always been the case this year. Like, he didn't have a backup center. He didn't have the point guard that he wanted uh, often. So he got he got what he wanted. And it's a good problem for T. Lou to have when we talk about depth, but it's turning into a problem that still needs a solution nonetheless.
1: Let me wrap up with this law. How much of a problem does Terrence Mann have with Russell Westbrook showing up and gobbling his minutes? Because it felt like... The Clippers were starting to hit their stride. They probably had a, a lot more to do with Kawhi and Paul starting to play together and be healthy for a group of weeks together. But um, Russ's minutes are eating into, you know, Terrence Mann's minutes.
2: How upset is he? I think Terrence has had a chip on his shoulder his entire basketball life, probably. And I know that even when Kawhi and PG. Started stringing consecutive games together, and Terrence obviously was a starter during that time. Terrence was always playing with something else, just not necessarily on his mind, but knowing that nothing's guaranteed. Like, his role has been shuffled around so much this season, so much the year before that. The year before that, he started the year as a third stringer. So Terrence has always overcome. He's always made the most of his time. He's always winds up taking somebody else's spot. Whether it's uh, an established veteran or a fellow gun uh, player in his prime. So I think this is going to want to be in the case again. Don't be surprised if Terrence winds up taking Marcus Morris' spot, for all I know, because of the fact that they need a more productive player. Terrence winds up producing, but I can't really say that Terrence is like in his feelings or anything. That's not for him. I think the fans are definitely in their feelings for him. Um, they saw a player who they felt earned a starting role and now you got Russell Westbrook come in and, you know, the team is obviously taking a back step to accommodate for that. But I will say this, Terrence needs to make sure that when he does get his opportunity, whether it's in the starting lineup, in the second unit, in the fourth quarter, he's got to make the most of it. Um, And the thing that I'm looking for the most is, can you make those threes in the fourth quarter? He's only made one three, in the last six weeks in the fourth quarter of a game. So that's going to be the big place. If he's going to be on the floor and the possessions get tight, can he be the outlet guy and make something happen? we got to see that more often.
1: You need Clippers information. You need to be following Law Murray. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time.
0: Hey,
2: thank you guys, and keep this weather good.